The Highlander Podcast is brought to you by Outdoor Product Design and Development, a four-year undergraduate degree focused on training the next generation of product creators for the sports and outdoor industries. Learn more at opdd.usu.edu. The Highlander Podcast is sponsored by the Outdoor Recreation Archive, a collaboration between OPDD and USU Special Collections to preserve the history and print materials of the people, products, and brands of the outdoor industry. Follow the archive at Outdoor Rec Archive on Instagram. The Highlander Podcast is sponsored by the Utah Outdoor Association, a business association focused on elevating Utah's outdoor industry through educational programming and events. Their membership consists of Utah's outdoor manufacturers, retailers, outfitters, and guides. Member benefits include networking opportunities, recruitment of talent, and brand promotion. More information about volunteering and membership is available at utahoutdoor.org. On this episode, we're going to re-air an episode that debuted in 2019. It's an interview with Troy Oldham, the race director for the Cash Grand Fondo here in Cash Valley. The 2021 Cash Grand Fondo just wrapped up. We thought it would be a great time to re-air the episode. Enjoy. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for being here. Troy is the race director for the Cash Grand Fondo, amongst other things. But we're going to talk bike racing today. Awesome. Yeah, how you feeling after after this last weekend? Yeah, I'm, uh, it's funny as I keep doing this each year. The recovery takes a little bit longer. It's uh, it's not just a chocolate shake and a good night's sleep anymore. It's uh, I need a couple of days of recuperation and a good massage. And but uh, it, it was awesome. We had an incredible event um, this last uh, Saturday, like fifteen hundred riders from twenty two states and seven countries, and it was just it was just great. The weather cooperated and. Um, you know, it's like any big event, 95% of it was perfect. It's the 5% where, you know, you're just trying to figure out, well, how does we get rid of that? But, um, it was great. A lot of good vibes and people love this, love coming here to, to ride. So what, what's the origin of the race? How did it start? A lot of people who are already in the bike community know the history, but can you just give us a little background on, on how it started? What was the motivation for the race? Um, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. So at the time I was one of the administration, um, team at Logan regional hospital, I was over community outreach marketing, but also uh, fundraising. And, um, we were trying to find an event or something we could do to connect us with a community that would celebrate healthy lifestyles, um, that would be a potential for a, a fundraiser. And, you know, the Logan regional hospital is so big. They work with a lot of other charity groups like, you know, common ground, they have adaptive stuff. Well, those are their patients too. And, and, um, family place and others that, that do have these connections and they support a lot of them. So we thought, let's do something that we can, uh, can connect with the community, let it be something if people want to follow more healthy lifestyles, they can use it to set goals. And um, I pulled a committee together of just some great cyclists in the valley, and I tried to break it up, men, women, older, younger, you know, mountain bikers, site racers, recreationals. And I just had this great advisory committee. We're all sitting around trying to figure out what venue we would do. And we thought, well, maybe we'll go from Logan to Idaho Falls and do like a Lodija kind of thing or go down to St. George and do a big, you know, point to point race. And um, 
And uh, one of the committee members says, have you ever heard of a Grand Fondo? And we none of us had. We didn't even know what that was. And she went on and to explain it. The, the, the idea of a Grand Fondo is, is you take a race course. And in Europe, they're all so filled up that if you're not a racer, you don't get to ride, right? So, so this kind of came out of that necessity. So you take a race course, you close it off, you create an incredible start and finish line. And then you send your racers. And then once the racers are gone, you let recreational riders come on and participate in the event. The cool part about that is that then you have support stations where people can stop and have fun, eat as much as they want, and then get back on the bike and go to the next one. The pros won't even touch those. And so, but then they come in, they get to stand on a podium, they get medals, they get this cool finish, like they just finished a major race. And it's such a cool venue and it's caught on like crazy. Um, And from that, like beginnings to where we were to where we are now uh, we just got ranked the number six grand fondo in north america so that includes canada and and the u.s and um, partly it's because we were first in i mean we, we we have an established route as a grand fondo in the u.s but um that that's kind of how it started and then we had a lot of bike clubs that would come in a lot of first-time riders um we've we've kind of played here and there with having like the state masters championships there and kind of tying different races into it but purely this ride is about people that want to come out and just have a great time ride in our you know beautiful community and and um and 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 so far logan and cash valley has never really um, disappointed. Uh, just each year just gets better and better. What, what's the breakdown of, of competitive riders to people who are just, just riding for fun or just getting into it? What's that breakdown look like? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. And and that's one we're trying to figure out this year, because this year we, um, we were selected as one of 21 countries to be a, a, a UCI Grand Fonda world, uh, qualifier. So um, UCI is the biggest sanctioning body in all of cycling. They do the Tour of Utah and the Tour de France and Paris de Roubaix. Um, and, um, and so we have a lot more racers that have come this year because they're trying to qualify to go to the world championships. And 25% of our riders in, in 16 age categories will all get an invite. And that's what we're crunching on today is like making sure that we get the right ones into that because that's a big deal, especially we had a guy come from Perth, Australia because he didn't quite make it in the tour of Brisbane and he's determined to go to Poland for the world championships this year. And so we're watching him really closely and like, like, dude, you got to get in. I mean, you know, but he's a super strong racer. He will. There's no question. We've been looking at the times, but, um, so, so what, what, where we are right now, we think there it's about 30% real serious racers which isn't really a big number for a race um but kind of the the lifeblood of the event is that 70 mile rider or and we have a 35 a 50 a 70 and 105 mile courses this year the race was only on the 105 I mean, we timed everybody so they can look, and we threw pri- we threw prizes at the 35, 50, and 70 men and women, but um, the majority of the riders are here to do their first century, or to they did the 50 last year, and now they want to do the 70, or they did the 70 last year and they got hurt. They're going to do the 35, but they still come back and do it. Um, so it's that, that's about how it breaks down. But I think that no- I know that number is going to grow, and the cool thing about that number growing is that. Um, they also are the ones that come into the valley for four to five days. They want to get acclimated. They want to ride the course. They want to get familiar. 
Um, and, but, but the profile of them is they'll stay for 10, 10 days to two weeks in the region. So they'll go to Jackson, they'll go to Moab, they'll go to the mighty five, they'll visit Salt Lake. They'll, they'll do those kind of, because they're on holiday. And, um, so that's a really good profile. And our, uh, we, <laughs> we looked and within the 21 races, we're actually the, the most, the best value. So they see our event and they're like, yeah, we're going, you know, Utah is a great place to go. The, the race is a highly recommended race and it's a good value. So, um, that's where we hope the growth will come from. That those are those, those higher end competitive riders. You know, how many people are coming from, from out of Valley versus in the Valley? Is it the majority are coming from out of town? Yeah. So that's the other cool stat, right? And, and we have, we have this nice heat map that we follow all the time and, um, you know, it's, it's hot in uh in cash valley but it's really hot along the wasatch front so we think it's about 60 40 60 outside 40 40 inside but that that number is changing a little bit as well um and it used to be almost a 50 50 split men and women but the men are actually picking up more i think that's because more of the race and as the numbers grow but um it's it's a good spread and usually it's idaho wyoming utah maybe Arizona, but this year it's not through California, Washington, Oregon, New Mexico. We had a lot of writer, writers out of New Mexico and Texas this year that we had never even, we didn't even know how they found out about us other than through, through the, um, the UCI group that did some promotion and marketing for us. What's like your extremes and participation? Like what's your youngest, what's your oh, oldest? Yeah. So that, so, so that I do know. Cause we, we, every year we give a youngest rider prize and the oldest rider prize. And our youngest rider was 12 this year. Wow. And that's about the, it's usually between 12 and 13. The oldest, um, we're still in a little debate about that, but, um, 79 years old, um, we had a 60 year older lay down a hundred and 105 miles in like four hours and 30 minutes. So, so think about that. And that included the mountain pass that you're coming out of Malad. So they were averaging 25, 26 miles an hour awesome. with a climb. So it, it's, there's some, these are some pretty impressive athletes. This guy walked up to me and he says, I think I won your 70 category. And I go, you don't look 70. And he, he flexes for him. He's got these popping biceps on him. And I'm like, dude, you're not 70. He goes, I'm 74. Wow. And he, he had the body of like a really highly tuned 19 year old. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. These, 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 these folks are really serious about it. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. But you don't have to be, right? Like you can. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's the beauty of the Grand Fondo, right? Is, um, I mean, we we had a race a couple years ago and there was a guy in the state that's just notorious for even if everything goes perfect, he's the first guy to complain because that kind of bumps him up the podium a little bit, right? Like if he complains, finally the race director says, okay, I'll give you a first, now go away, you know. I won't do that. But he was going off and demanding his money back because he missed a turn that everyone else made, but he missed. And, and, um, and I'm listening to him and, you know, he's yelling and I said, hold, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's pull aside because there's a lot going on here. There's people coming across the finish line and no lie. This guy rolls across the finish line, 300 plus pounds on a brand new custom made titanium bike. He'd showed it to me before. Like, Troy, look at my bike. I had to have it special made cause I'm so heavy and he's bawling. I mean, just the emotion was just amazing. And then his wife steps into the, into the course and she's, she's big too. And she's crying. And I just sort of, pushed the racer aside and said, that's why we're doing this. This is, 
That's the kind of cool story that you want to be able to share. And every year we see those people. We had a guy last year that had a heart attack on our on our course, and we work with the Bridgeland Amateur Radio Group, and they're those guys know what they're doing, and they're really into their radios. Like they, you know, people go, "God, those guys are kind of weird." No, no, they're heroes because they're out there doing their job. And this guy rolls by and sees this guy on the side of the road and having problems, and he had EMS experience too. And so he looked at him. He says, "I think you're having a heart issue," and you know, but let's ask some questions. And and he said, the third question I'm going to ask you is, can I put you in my car and take you to the hospital? And the guy said, yes, to number three, let's go. And they got him in. Um, one of our riders is an interventional cardiologist at the hospital. And he came in about the same time I'm getting the relayed information and just, you know, with Logan Regional Hospitals, our medical provider, just boom, boom, boom. And I think they had a STEMI in him within like two to three hours, saved his life. He came back this year and won our most inspired, inspiring athlete. Oh, stood on the stood on the podium, bawling his eyes out. His whole family was there: his wife, his kids, his grandkids, and 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 those are pretty cool, moving stories. And you can just see the just the energy and emotion that's in it. And um, and every year we have something like that come up. And um, so when you know you hadn't slept for for fifty six hours, which is kind of where I was at that point, it just kind of jack you up, and you just kind of keep going. So. Can you take us a little bit through the course? And yeah. there's a few different options you mentioned. There's a few different um, lengths of, of the ride that you can do all the way up to the century ride. Yeah. What does that course look like? I, I wrote a little bit of it, not day of, but it's a beautiful course. Oh, it Riding is. those farm roads if you've yeah. never been out that way. Um, well, and that's, that and that's like? what our UCI delegate says, is, you know, you have such a unique place here. And it's because of Lake, ancient Lake Bonneville, right? You got super, super flat land that was the, the bottom of the lake. And then any one of 10 different places. You can shoot somebody up a can canyon and do a, a hill climb. And, and so we utilize the flat and the open, the open areas. So the 35, 50 and 70, we keep them on this side of, of the, of the, the mountains to the west. The 105 we send up over to Riverside, up to Malad, up through Weston Canyon, and back into the valley. And there's real purpose in the way we've done that. We have the 35, 50, and 75 are like just just expanding loops, right? What we're trying to do is not not overwhelm any one road or any one town or any one area. So, for instance, my 70 riders they go through Lewiston, and it's. 300 people over the course of two and a half, three hours. It's super manageable. It doesn't close anything down. Um, same thing with my 35s. They go out to Newton, grab food, and go right back. 50s go Newton, jump up to Clarkston, go back around Little Mountain. This there by Trent, come back into Trenton. By then, the 35s are all cleared out and back home. Then they go. And then the 70s come back from Lewiston and hit Newton again. Those 50s are gone, then the 70s go home, and then the 100s come back around. And by that time, we got them on a different course anyway. And they, it, so there's, there's kind of a purpose in doing that. So it doesn't overwhelm the community at any one time. And, and um, I think that's just something that people don't understand is because they're like, you have 1,500 riders coming into our valley. Yeah, but they're not all on one road. And when they are, they have pilot cars, and it's 6 or 30 in the morning. We get them safely out of the city, turn them loose. And that's the thing they always come back with. Man, it was so beautiful. And and something, too, that's unique about us is we cool down at night in the summertime. So it can be 95 degrees at 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, but you start a race at 65, maybe sometimes 55, and it's crisp and it's nice. Um, that's, that's something a lot of people south don't ever get to experience. And I think that's why we pull a lot out of St. George and Albuquerque, New Mexico, Phoenix, Arizona, even California, is they'll come up here and this is so nice to ride when it's cool. Since we got you here, yeah. can you pull back the curtain a little bit on 
what is the role of a race director? What are the things you wouldn't know a race director does? What Give us the little details. The, like all the, the stuff things. I had no idea yeah. to do when I first started exactly. this yeah. and said, hey, let's do some bike races. Because a lot of people look and they see the riders go by and yeah. it's in a second, they're gone. Yeah. And I don't think people realize how much goes into that moment that the riders yeah. whiz by you and they're gone. Well, I think I think the big thing is, is, is yeah, it's one day, but, but the planning for this starts pretty much in November. And, you know, we just... Just have a nice little spreadsheet that's about 80 pages long that it has tabs everywhere but but just the, the logistics are pretty big you have to like we have 43 sponsors and each of those sponsors have sort of their own unique way of contributing um, for instance lee's marketplace they will donate x number of dollars worth of food we match it um and that becomes our support station goodies and the cool thing is it's real food too you know it's not just not just power bars and we have those too but but it's real food um great harvest same thing you know they'll make some cool stuff al sporting goods that does uh special um you know cycling prizes and then they do um uh they do our packet pickup so so it's like coordinating all of that making sure is everybody's still on board you know um here's what we're gonna do um like icon health and fitness they 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 sponsor our rider gift every year and this year we had some awesome socks that that um you know we put their logo on but but uh, so like getting all that logistical stuff taken care of um the the way we structure it now is our sponsorships sort of cover our initial costs right and we figure that if we can if we're gonna have to grow we're gonna have to bring on some new sponsors we did that this year with uh, the utah sports commission which is just a great sponsor for us because their purpose is to help promote outdoor activities in the state of utah and um and really get people excited about you know seeing all that utah has to offer and they just didn't have a lot going on up here in, in cash valley so they've been so good to work with but part of it is getting all that stuff done like in the in the in the earlier part um the other piece is getting the course um approved and certified and permitted um, and that, quite frankly, is a nightmare. Um, and it starts with UDOT, every single community you go through, Logan City, um, Cache County. Um, and, you know, there's a person in each of those that we interact with and all different levels of commitment, interest and desire to help you get things done. And um, but but it's critical to have it have it done right too um and then there's also the the sanctioning um organization both uci for our event but also usa cycling so we purchase a, a an insurance policy on every rider and we also purchase an insurance policy on every community we go through and on the sponsors because in case something happens you know you've got to have those things covered and so so there's that you have to apply for those um and then it's uh just logistics of volunteers and and what do we do day of and what do we and then marketing the marketing is just crazy because um most of these people want to sign up for the event early in the year others want to wait right till the very like night before to see who's in their category and then they come in and register so it's not like you can shut registration down we we signed over a hundred people after our online registration was shut down on friday at noon until we rode the next morning you know and that's one of guy was on a plane from california just decided that morning he was going to fly up you know he shows up and i can't if, if i'm not going to have registration open you know that's that's pretty pretty rough for him but anyway so so the um those are the bigger things um this has kind of become a family thing for me um my kids all get involved my wife handles our registration 
they're sort of the reluctant race director kids, but, but they have a great time with it. Um, I also use it for a fundraiser as well. So common ground and hope for cash Valley, the family place, um, uh, I'm lacrosse coach at Green Canyon. So Green Canyon lacrosse, I give all of those guys like opportunities to be volunteers in return for, uh, donations. The Cache Valley mountain bike team were just awesome this last year. They did a bike valet, with, which they were able to use for their own fundraiser. Mm. And then um, they helped us in one of the support stations and, um, you know, and uh, Common Ground has always been a big, big supporter of ours. And so they help us in support stations. And then we try to raise money for them. And then we match dollar for dollar any donation that comes in. So, um, so we're still, I mean, it's a for-profit kind of a thing for us, but we, we still try to keep it as a, as a, um, as a fundraiser. So, so managing all of that and, 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 and those logistics, it, it takes a year to put on an event like this. So, and then day of is just crazy. This was going to be the year, the first year that I would be in bed by midnight before the event. And, um, I woke up, I mean, I rode back into the Valley with the sun frantically trying to get the start line to get the arch put up and some things like that. I, in other words, I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep this year either. So they're just things that come up, you know, you want to make sure the course is set and clear and it's easily marked. And we, we put 130 signs out on the course um, and they have to be removable signs. They have to go up, stay up and then come off the course. And we've had issues in the past where somebody thinks it's funny to knock one over or steal one or throw, you know. And so, you know, this year we actually put game cameras out and um, and uh, just to see if anybody was going to mess with the signs. And nobody did, except for we had one one intersection they did, but we didn't have game, sign, game cameras on that one. So, but um, yeah, so those are... And and um, and then and then just welcoming the riders. Um, one of my favorite things to do at the event, and I didn't get to do it as much this year because we had some issues with the way our our race was timed and some things that happened. But I love to just be there at the finish line and put medals over you know every rider's necks, thank them for being there, um, pointing out where the food is and stuff like that. And um, but that's the fun part of the day of. It's all the work in advance that really. Um, my project management skills come yeah, back. Yeah, pretty good. I might be on the spot here, but let's talk numbers. So okay. you get about 1,500 mm -hmm. riders coming in. Yep. They got to find places to stay, hotels, stuff like that. Um, from about 23 states, you said? Yeah. Seven countries. And then there's just you and a group of about how many volunteers? And um, about 120 this year, about okay. 120 volunteers total. I mean, I have everything from scout groups doing Eagle projects to um, the amazing people over in Malad. The hot, it, it's the local hospital. They they have their volunteer crew come out and do a support station awesome. in Malad. And you know, you don't think that's a big deal, but the the riders come through in a town they've never been um, for an organization that has no connection with them. And these guys are cutting bananas for them, and you know, giving them handing up water bottles and. Tell them good luck and having having a sprinkler over there if you can go stick your head in it if you want to. So, but um, yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of takes a community to make it, it does. happen. It does beyond just yeah multiples. Well, and 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 so you know, I said we raise money for the for those different charity groups. Well, they also each of them take on a support station too, so that they're there and they have presence. Um, and without them, gosh, this would be so hard to do. And the Bridgerland, you know, amateur radio group, I mean, they won't take a fee. 
um, they'll take a donation. So, but there's no way you can donate enough for what they do. I mean, they're, they, they're hauling people back and forth to the hospital, calling EMS. They're making sure they sweep the course. So we have a policy that we'll never close. So until that last rider comes across and sometimes that's 10, 11 hours, you know, some races will close like six and a half hours, boom, you're done. But, um, not only do we usually not close it, but we always usually have some really nice prizes for them. Um, you know, big, heavy Dutch ovens or something kind of funny, like, okay, you finished now here's, here's 40 pounds. You got to nice. figure out how to get back to your car with, you know, kind of thing. But, um, yeah, so, and it, it does, it takes a lot, a lot of people to, to, to do it. I, I, you know, we, we had our finish line at Grand, at Green Canyon high school this year, and there's kind of a big long road in the bend where we had the food trucks and everything. And. I'm kind of looking around at all the people running around with the mustard shirts on. That's what was our color for volunteers this year. And I'm like, some of these people I don't even know. And they just, they just popped in and said, Hey, how can we help? And we gave them a shirt and said, will you go fill water bottles? And they did it. And they came for two or three hours and, um, cash chamber commerce was there handing out these frozen towels to riders. I mean, they just totally made their day, you know, and they just kind of took it on themselves to do something cool and they did it. And so, Kind of, kind of nice. That's awesome. So that kind of leads me into the impact that an event like this and other events have on a community like like Cash Valley. Um, both from a financial perspective, mm-hmm. there's significant impacts for yep. the community as well as kind of a cultural yeah. impact. Can you speak to both of those? Maybe first the financial component and yeah. what do you what's what's that impact on the community? Well, and and you know, it seems like this is always a thing with these economic development things. You wish you had all the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, I do anecdotally. And I, and also I think, you know, pretty real numbers. We sell our event, the week it's here, all the hotels get booked. Cause I know this cause about two weeks out, I start getting a lot of calls and emails like we can't find a place. And, um, but it's not just hotels because people think it's just hotels and restaurants and restaurants. It is without question, but you have your gas stations. Like somebody drives up from Salt Lake they're not going home unless they fill up their gas and probably grab a drink and some other things like that. Grocery stores too. People will come up. They'll, they're very particular about their food. So they'll go to a grocery store and, you know, check that out. Bike shops. I mean, without question, uh, 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 Jeff Bruce from Joyride said, wow, I've just had this cool experience where this guy walked in and he just said, Hey, my family's here and I need a bike for him. I need a helmet for her. I need this. And just, he goes, people don't shop that way in, in, in Cache Valley. Um, he says, uh, it's, and so he was blown away at, at just how that piece of it, plus all of the local people bringing their bikes in, getting them tuned, you know, getting a few extra things and things like that. So, so those are the big ones, the restaurants, the hotels, the bike shops, the gas stations, the grocery stores. But then you look across the board, like we saw people carrying Johnny O spud nuts, right? At the end of the event, even though we're giving them stuff and, um, we know that they stay at the campgrounds and they know that, you know, they, they'll go, um, up the Canyon and they'll come here. And in fact, there was a concert, I think that night, there was some people who said, Hey, we're staying for the concert. And, um, uh, they, a lot of them, we pushed them down to when they're done, Hey, go down and see the sidewalk sale and go, go stroll through there. Um, we have a group that comes up every year, the night before the day before, and they actually go to whatever theater's going on, um, down with the opera or the summer theater and things like that. So, so it's those kind of things that you know is happening, you know, is going on. Um, and, uh, it'll be interesting cause we moved the finish line this year just be, 
between combination of construction, but really because a tour of Utah is coming exactly one month later. And we got a permission for them to have the exact same finish line for our riders that the pros will have a year later, a month later, which is you know, it's kind of a geeky thing, but it's pretty cool. Um, but most of those riders will ride the almost identical course as the pros. So this is the year that they can say, hey, not only did I ride the course, but I finished in the exact same spot. But by moving that, we moved out of, out of downtown Logan. It'll be interesting what, what Logan, the Logan shops will say, hey, we really did miss the presence. And, yeah. and I, I think they will. And, you know, it's, but it kind of gives us a chance to kind of figure out, well, where really are the spots of economic development? Culturally was the other question you asked about is um, the Logan Race Club has sort of become the kind of the, the really well-known group out of this. It's, it's a group of 200 plus riders who've been riding here forever. And um, they're almost impromptu ambassadors they just like we had a situation where we had some conflicts at a finish line and they were the ones that were there resolving it just stepping in and just you know hey this this happened and this didn't happen and they're 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 well respected because they can tell they're serious riders and things like that and um i have a, a group of on-course marshals from from u dot road respect which is a group of of in-course marshals that will that will come up and ride in an, an event make sure people are being safe and obeying the rules and stuff so we've never and knock on wood we've never had a complaint about our riders breaking any any rules they they ride where they're supposed to. When it's single file, they're single file. When they, they don't cross the yellow line, they they clean up after themselves. And we have very, very little litter control at all. Um, and, um, you know, we send in one of my biggest bills is for porta potties. You know, we have to send 75 porta potties across the, across the valley to make sure that, you know, People are doing what they're doing, where they're supposed to be doing and stuff. So, um, you know, there's, there's a culture of kind of responsibility. There's a culture of people recognizing that they're kind of guests here and they're guests on the roads and they're guests in the communities. Um, and uh, I just, I don't know, I think a whole lot of respect. I had a guy this morning say, hey, I left I left a very high-end pair of sunglasses in the showers at, the, at Green Canyon. He says, is there any chance they were turned in? I says, no. Um, but let me, let me call around. Well, you know, they were at the front desk at Green Canyon High School. I mean, this could have been a $300 find for anybody. And instead they, you know, they marched around the corner and turned them in. And that's just, I mean, I think it says a lot about the community. It says a lot about the people here and, and, um, and, and we're, that's kind of a brand that we're picking up because of just because of the the community of riders here. And that, that kind of leads into my next question of, what does an event like this do to continue to to contribute to Cache Valley being a bike community? I, it, one of the things I'm passionate about is helping bring to light what this community is and what it yeah. means to me and the opportunities that are here that people outside of Cache Valley might not know about. I think a lot of people outside the valley maybe look in and say, well, that's a it's an ag community that has a university and yeah, their football team's, you know, done a lot better now. And yeah, yeah. Th that's kind of the extent of what people maybe know. Um, mm -hmm. What do you see um, this event doing to continue the tradition of, of Lodija yeah. and, and, you know, kind of just strengthening the bike community here? 
Well, you know, you asked about the origin of the event too. And one of the things that that group talked about was we need to make this a training ride for a loaded rider. So we purposely, we started with a hundred and a 50 mile event. The hundred was for those people that were training to do the whole loaded. They needed a century with a hill that was challenging about middle July. If you're doing a relay, you need to just hit your 50 point by about mid July. So, so this event also does kind of tie into that that whole piece with with loadage pretty well but i think um you know for for the um one of the things that does worry me too is that there are other big events in the valley um and they may not their riders may not always respect the rules and there's you know there may be too many and things like that and 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 we're starting to kind of see the backlash to that a little bit we've there's been a couple communities who said you know we just really don't want to approve bike events and when we push them and say what what has our event you know, have we ever violated? No, no, no. You guys are great, but we just don't understand how it's going to impact our city. And we just, you know, so we're just going to say no. And, and so I think there, we've, we've got to find a way to, to, I guess, communicate a little bit more. Like there were some articles in the paper about, you know, Hey, we should not allow bikers to be on our roads. And, you know, you're like, you, you can't not allow another vehicle to be on a road. I mean, it's, it's a, that's a law violation, right? And as long as they're obeying the rules, then that you should, you know, you should be able to make that happen. And if that's the thing that worries me about as people discover how good of a cycling venue this is, that, um, unless both sides are open and respectful and, and are willing to kind of understanding, I think there could be loggerheads that would, that would be negative on both sides. Um, and uh, we're always starting to see a little bit of that, but um, you know, our event this year, uh, once again, no, that we're aware of, there was no issues. I mean, everybody's very respectful, and we put a little flyer in the bag that says, "Hey, if you see anybody, it's thank, it's a wave, and it's a thank you." You know, and um, we're now hearing that come back. So, um, but at the same time, it's getting harder and harder to permit these events. Um, at eight o'clock on Thursday night before the event. And keep in mind, I've got 200 linear miles of road and, and that have all have to be marked and cleaned, swept for three days. I swept and, and used a blower to clean off corners and everything. My route got changed. I had to, I had to divert two courses because the community said, we don't want you here, even though there was no reason whatsoever for our event. Those kind of things. Uh, I mean, I had a choice. I was already permitted. I could say, to heck with you, I'm doing it. Um, but I was worried about safety for my riders. I was worried about long-term impact. And so, you know, literally midnight that night, I went out and re remapped a course that just veered and took that extra mile and a half in that community off my map. Which is a risk, right? Because because people download those those Strava courses to their phone, and so we had to communicate that and recommunicate that and stuff. And so, I think if people have a better understanding on both sides um, and more respect and open, I, I, this can clearly be something that will grow. Not just my event, but that Cash Valley is being seen as a cycling community. Um, I I rode in in Europe last year. Up, up above Florence, so up in Tuscany and things. And those roads have no shoulders. And they're going through little communities of um, wine countries and beautiful uh, vineyards and sunflower. I mean, it's this place is beautiful and everybody coexists. You've got trucks that are taking deliveries. You got motorcycles, you got cars, you got cyclists and, and it works. And it's a beautiful venue and um, 
there's no reason why that can't be the, the same here. We have more open roads. We have better shoulders. We have better places to go and climb and ride far less cars. And um, there shouldn't be conflict. There just really shouldn't be. So. Yeah, I mean, as someone that grew up in the valley, I can definitely, you know, as you grow, those friction points will happen. Yeah. But, but in, as you drive around, you notice way more bike lanes. Yeah. I mean, there's more shoulder length and the, the, the infrastructures are being built to support they are a biking community now yeah. so i think as you grow out and extend the hope is that that continues and again you started with wanting to promote healthy outdoor lifestyles in this great area that we have so yeah. do you feel like that is happening yeah, yeah no i i know it has and and i mean just i family by family and person by person you just see it i mean even myself and my own you know my own family it just we're we're bikers now and and the cool thing is too is we now also have other great mountain bike venues so yeah. so now you have people that are you know cross training on mountain bikes and road bikes and jumping up green can we had one guy crash um in our event broke his bike and said he just called his son came and he said put my mountain bike on because his so he did his grand fondo up green canyon and then came down to the finish line to be there while his buddies came across i'm like well that's pretty cool that's awesome. you know so so i think it, it does kind of grow those things out and and wow we've got some great mountain bike venues here too and and um and so i i just think it, you're just going to see more of it but um I think I, I really also believe though the the larger events, the ones that are real, really well organized, the ones that try to give back to the community and not just take, are going to be the ones that will sustain. That's the way Logan and Jackson has always operated. That's the way we've operated. Cash Century, I think, is a really good responsible event, and that that supports a local charity. I mean, just naming a few like that, where where a lot of part of that logistical planning is how do we make this so we're not just taking, we're also giving back. Like for it, for like for us, we. Um, we make a very concentrated effort to buy all as many of our supplies from like the local shop. So Newton store and, and Woodward's country store in Weston and, um, uh, Julie's up in, in Lewiston. Like we go and we open up an account and just say, we're buying all our ice from you and anything they need in the support station. And Ben Woodward up in Weston was like, I think you're one of my biggest days, you know, cause we'll have them make us 200 sandwiches and. Um, I, you know, I think we went through 80 bags of ice out there this year, you know, and, uh, um, those poor little scouts, man, they were just going back and forth from his store to the park, just in a wagon, just pulling ice because those riders were hot when they came out of the Canyon. And, um, and, and that's something a lot of bike, they said, we've never seen a bike event actually have big tubs of ice on the, on the course. I'm like, are you kidding? I mean, yeah. that's, that's a pretty critical thing, you know? So, um, and I think as long as we just keep doing uh, making it a cool event for the riders to keep coming back and the community keeps welcoming them back. And that, and that's really important. So we touched on this a little bit, but what would you like to see change in the community, uh, for the industry to keep growing, not only from bike perspective, but from an outdoor industry perspective, how do you think the, the community could change and what would you like to see different? Um, in, in, in this is tough because I mean this is this is the heart of what you're what you're involved with and um, it, it's helping them understand and see that vision right I mean uh, I don't know if I mentioned it here but like uh, when we were first talking but you know it seems like everybody likes to go camping 
well, you might want to go with an ATV and I might want to go with a mountain bike. Well, we should be able to still find that there. Like, you know, uh, your idea of excitement might be taking a boat and going water skiing and I may take a bike and go ride 50, 60 miles. I can, we can do that in the same spot and it just doesn't, I don't think it really encroaches on each other. And so, um, I think that's the thing is recognizing that this is a wonderland for outdoor activity. And, you know, whether you do it all under motor or you do it all under pedal or you do it under, cause you're hiking and you take your dog for, you know, a, a run up the canyon, um, or you do with your horses. Like it's, there's so many great opportunities. And I, I think part of it is just embracing it, you know, and not saying, well, I only want it for what I want it for. Cause that's kind of traditionally the way I think it's been, you know, and, and I've seen that, um, you know, who does a great job of this is Moab. I remember first going to Moab and thinking, cause one day I wanted a mountain bike, but the other day I wanted to go and rent a motorcycle. Cause I, I have a background of, of uh, riding motor, motocross racing and, and, um, and I was like, Oh, how will the, how will the nature love and tree hug and mountain bikers except, and they just do, I mean, you, you ride porcupine trail or, or LaSalle mountain road and you're, you are, uh, you see ATVs go by and motorcycles and runners and bikes and e-bike. I mean, you know, and, and it all kind of works and you go out on, on slick rock, right. And you got, mm -hmm. you got four wheel drives coming down the slick rock, going right by bikers, going right by motorcycles and, and everybody makes it work. And, um, I think that's why they're seen as being a great outdoor community is there's no, like, I'm, I'm sure there is, if you got there and started peeling the layers back, there's like us versus them, but it's, that's, that doesn't make any sense. You know, it's, it's, um, uh, there was a letter the editor came out about cyclists and I, and there was a big roar in the cycling community. We need to come out and we need to come. And I just, my plea was no, no, let it go. Now be extra kind, be extra friendly, be extra respectful. Like let that bell ring and ring and just doesn't come back. Don't let's not fight it. Let's, let's find a way to over, you know, do some other things that might make a, a better long-term impact. That that's kind of what I'd like to see. I'd like to see both sides go, Oh, I get what you're doing is really cool. I mean, 78 year old guy pounding 105 miles an hour or 105 miles averaging 25 miles an hour. How can you not stand back and go, that is incredible. Yeah. You, whether you do it or you don't, you know, same thing with a 12 year old punching out their first 50 mile or we had a handful of those do that this year, riding with their parents. And I think that's the one thing that just kind of goes back to, and I saw this with a group in Australia, we went out and visited two of our events and there's a big issue going on in Australia, like about road, road rage and aggression, not just about cyclists, but in general and cyclists have kind of been pulled into it. And they were talking about that they, they have this big campaign going like, Who's on the road? Who is that cyclist? Well, it's your teacher. It's your kid's principal. It's the doctor. It's the nurse. It's the dentist. It's the, the grocer. Like they're, they're not people you don't know. They're people you do know. And that's what's happening here in the Valley is the cross section of people that are riding. They're athletes. They're not athletes. They're big. They're little. They're, they're professionals. They're, they're, um, labor, they're students, they're, you know, it's, it's this big combination and that's where it's going to keep going. And I hope people can recognize that, that you see a rider on the road. It's not just some obscure person. It's could be your kid's fourth grade teacher. Don't bump them, you know, don't downshift when you go by them. I mean, just recognize they're out there getting their exercise in a way that, that, that helps, you know, helps them. And, and, and you wouldn't want them to say the same thing about you ripping in a, four wheeler up the, up the, the trail either. I don't think, I think that would be wrong as well. So anyway, I, that, that's philosophy for the day. Oh, but, I love it. Yeah. Love it. 
I think it's what we're trying to do. So if someone wants to get involved, whether it's a writer, volunteer, sponsor, how do they do that with? Um, they can go to cashgrandfondo.com. That's probably the first place to start. Um, there is a contact us area for volunteers, for questions, anything like that. Um, I have a section on sponsors and what it, what we look for and what we're, what we're, um, and we're really flexible in that area too. We like people to be able to, to, to be involved in a unique way for them that works best for them. And, um, and then just information on the ride is there. Um, what we do, like today, our photos just came out. Like we pay a professional photo photographer to come on, on the course and, and they shoot pictures of the start line, finish line, people riding, and it's all free. They just, you know, a lot of, a lot of events you go back and you're like, Oh, I wish I had something to document it. You go in there. It's like $40 for an eight and a half by 11 right. digital photograph. Right. You know? And, and we just said, no, we just, we don't, I don't want to nickel and dime the riders. Like, like let's let them have them. And a guy named Gary bird from here in the Valley does them. And man, they, they turned out really good this year. A lot of just fun, fun images. So, if somebody wants to see what it's like and see what the support stations are like and you know the one thing people are like i'm afraid of spandex there's no way i can go and put on that tight suit and i'll look silly <laughs> go through those photos there's there's every body size in there that you can imagine from super elite ra- riders to people who are trying to get themselves in shape and there's no it's a judgment-free kind of an event i mean there's there's it, saw a cool thing at the finish line um there were these elite riders out of california and these guys are rock solid really lean and tall and everything and and um they were walking over and talking with this this couple that had just come through and it was their first ride you could clearly tell and they were high-fiving them and hey did you guys get the ice cream come here let me show you i can't eat ice cream but i want you to eat it i want you to see you eating ice cream my team would kill me if i you know I mean, those kind of things and and you just it it's um it, it it's it's a pretty kind of a cool inviting um thing once you're in the cycling community you're in and and um uh so anyway awesome yep thank well, you troy well thanks for having us yeah you bet man uh race director from crash can fondo um loving it get outside yeah do something it's a great valley appreciate yeah. what you're doing to con- continue to help with that culture man thank you appreciate that thanks for listening to the highlander podcast for more conversations with outdoor leaders subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts Watch episodes on the Outdoor Product Design and Development YouTube channel or on opdd.usu.edu slash podcast. Follow along on Instagram at USU Outdoor Product and let us know how you're enjoying the show.